Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Eat my shorts. What was that? Eat my shorts. You just bought yourself another download, mister. Oh, I'm crushed. You just bought yourself one more. Well, I'm free the Saturday after that. Beyond that, I'm going to have to check my calendar. Good, because it's going to be filled. We'll keep downloading. You want another one? Say the word. Just hit subscribe. Instead of watching good movies, you'll come here and you'll watch bad ones. Are you through? No. I'm doing the Podverse a favor. So? That's another one right there. I've got you for the rest of your natural listening life if you don't watch your step. You want another one? Yes. You got it. You got another download right there. That's another one, pal. Cut it out. You through? Not even close, bud. You got another one right there. (laughs) You really think I give a shit? Another. You through? How many is that? Uh, that's seven. Now it's eight, and you stay out of it. Uh, excuse me, sir. It's seven. Shut up, IndiePod. You're mindbender. For two months, I got you. What can I say? I'm thrilled. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, Bender. I'm sure that's just what you want these people to think. You know something? If you spend a little more time listening to podcasts and a little little less time trying to impress people, you might be better off. All right, that's it. I'm going to be recording right outside those doors. Next time I have to come in here, I'm cracking skulls. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you... Oh, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels podcast, where every two weeks we bring you a different genre every single time with a different movie. And hey, it's Drew here. I'm a cliche white person, <laughs> uh, student. I'm Jack Nathan. Bender, Jack uh, just edgy enough <laughs> and, and just poor enough <laughs> to set myself outside of this this group. But you know what? Your clothes are not ratty. Don't you see the red bandana wrapped around my ankle? <laughs> <laughs> For what purpose? <laughs> that, your gang affiliation? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm Emilio Estevez. I'm I'm a wrestler. Well, don't you don't you fuck my chances of getting into, into college? Don't you do it? I got a big match Saturday. It's so big. The the uh, the red bandana around my right ankle uh, signifies my membership at the Gash Hounds. At the ga- <laughs> boom, <laughs> boom. Because sometimes I just keep them around. Mm. So true. What what movie we got on the docket for today? We got 1985's The Breakfast Club, directed by John Hughes. Hey, 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 hey! hey. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain. A beauty. A jock. A rebel and a recluse. Can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. <coughs> Chicks cannot hold a smoke. That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. Huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone anymore. 
They don't have to be. But it changed their lives forever. I mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why are you being so nice to me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah. So this is our teen drama genre. I thought which... it was coming of age. No, no, no. Teen drama. Teenage drama. Teen it's... drama. This was uh, this was my pick. It's got a lot of teenage. It's. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know if I would call it a lot of drama. There's I'm... a lot. What? There's it, plenty of. There drama. was one thing that this movie really let me down when I watched it. When I, I think the first time I was in middle school is that smoking pot does not give you magical powers. You mean you can't uh, magically shatter, eat, shatter, shatter glass? glass. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't uh, the, the the jazz cabbage does not have that that distinction. Does it enhance your ability to do cartwheels and uh, front flips? No, but it does enhance the ability for a group of my friends to do well choreographed dances to uh, a set theme. Yeah, <laughs> the dance moves are on point. A little bit forward, forward, <laughs> back, <laughs> forward, and then you <laughs> then you got to do the ankles, 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 ankles. Side, now I gotta cut loose. I was waiting for that. I was like. Oh shit! Here we go. And then I, I like how they they had just the bros doing like macho step, macho <laughs> step, macho step, <laughs> arms in the air. You know that entire time Brian is like, I'm part of something. I'm part of something. People like me. Don't mess this up, Brian. Don't you mess this up? <laughs> I mean, it's a John's John Hughes classic, right? So I do give it that respect. Right. Um, but I do think that this movie may have, for the majority of us, sort of an expiration date. Like Ali Sheedy's character said, when you grow up, your heart dies. Mm. And me embracing the cynicism of middle age, this movie did sort of, it didn't resonate for me anymore. Like it did in my my formative years. I'm guessing that my parents and their generation loved this movie. That this was like, they just went ape shit over. Like, they loved it. Because I'm in the same boat that Jack is. And maybe Drew. I don't know. I don't know if you're in the boat. If you're down below in, don't rock in, the, the, in boat, the galley. So, this did not hit close to home. Because I didn't really identify with really any of the characters. They're all too over the top. And and I come... And this is what I think we're, we will lightly touch on. The characters are all white. Hmm. I know this sounds kind of weird, but... It's a really nice school. No, I think it's. I think it's yeah. a very. I think it's a very actually yeah. important point to make. They got. They got money, and even like the poor kids, just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, he he walks to school, and you know, it's the it's so cool, and he's got two jackets, and yeah, you got two jackets. I, I, I've known poor kids that and don't flair. have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough money for a guillotine in his locker. Yeah, he's got. He's got. He's got the yeah. requisite number of flair items required for. Right. For his part, uh, but Nathan, you're right. This like, show is, is, is movie is very whitewashed. I, I think when when <laughs> no, I first news. watched it when I was in middle school and, and into high school, it's like you were able to cast angst vision <laughs> along with the the characters <laughs> yes. in this movie. And I think at some point you lose that ability and you just you're you stop pissing and moaning as much. Like they're they're yeah. coming to that realization, but once you get through that realization, it's sort of like come on, quit whining. 
Like, do your time. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, for for most of them. For, for, yeah. for poor old Bender, it's the rest of his. It's the rest of his natural, natural born life. Cracking skulls. Cracking skulls. But I mean, it it is a thing where like Saturday detention or even Saturday work used to be a normal thing. Like I Do remember, I remember in high school they don't have it anymore. I don't think at we least had Saturday school and right there was but there you was had Saturday, to really fuck up. Right, you had to mess up. I mean, when I was in high school. They had it where I work now. Like they don't, they do not have Saturday school. Which they have ISS. Personally, they we did away with ISS. What is going on? Right, they did away with ISS. Like what's ISS? Your in school suspension. Boom. Mm. Basically, ISS was like you got sent to a room. All your teachers gave your work for the day, which I'm sure pissed them off because it's like, oh, cool, now I have to do more work well, for this one individual student who messed up. Yeah, right. so I mean, like you, you just more, you got work. work for the day, and you basically sat in that room, did work. You were allowed to go get your lunch, but you had to bring it back to that room, and then you know you you couldn't leave. Solitary confinement. I mean, that's really what it was. Like, I mean, you could be in there with other students, but I mean, yeah, like your job was to sit in there and do your work. I mean. For ISS, like, it, it's almost weird how they had to probably get a sub for that day Yeah, to literally have ISS. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed uh, the concept of Saturday school or Saturday work is what it used to be called when the kids would have to go on a campus. And if they did, if they really decided to mess up, they would clean the campus. Like, that was their punishment to go around and, like, pick up the trash that wasn't picked up, you know, earlier or later. Them, did they have to wear, like, orange vests? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, no. There's not a whole lot of cars Striped like jumpsuits <laughs> driving through the schools like I mean, at top speeds. It was it was kind of done away with because if the kids couldn't do the Saturday work, I mean, they had to come back at another time. And I guess that was interfering with like family plans. So it was like cruel and unusual punishment to make a kid pick up a school or pick up trash on the school. I don't see that as cruel and unusual punishment. The only time that I would agree that it was cruel and unusual punishment is when they were done cleaning things, but there were still some hours in the day. What they would do is they would give them like scraping, uh, scraping tools, like putty knives and they had to go on the ground and they had to get up like the petrified gum on the cement Mm. so i mean like it was a yeah it was like a pain in the ass to get some things done but well maybe you shouldn't be a pain in the ass did you guys (laughs) ever have to do uh any sort of detentions in school suspension yeah i don't know if i ever did a saturday what was your uh what was your crime? Jonathan crime? Bechtel and I got into a... <laughs> oh, let me, let I, me that tell you son a of tale. a bitch, the Bechtel boys. <laughs> <The> Bechtel. <laughs> well, what happened? I got bigger. Uh, no, J- Jonathan and I got into a fight in on the playground, and uh, this was... Uh, Is that where you spent most of your days? Chilling on a pool, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shooting some b-ball, just, just outside of school. Um we got a fight, and I remember, like, oh, man, here we go. I look back on those memories, those those screenshots that I have just randomly saved in my brain, and some of the homework that I had was so last-minute put together. That's why I was kind of like, <laughs> I know how teachers are just like, you stupid kid. Like, okay, yeah, here's some homework. Uh, I don't know. Do math problems, like, here. And so I remember doing these, you know, equations and stuff, and I'm like, this is really early year stuff that I've already done. Cool. And so I finished it really quickly. And I remember being Brian in, this is the only like, you know, moment I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of was like Brian at that moment because I was this little smart kid that just finished all my homework and was playing with pens and, you know. <laughs> I'm a walrus. Boring. So I, I get I get what this movie is trying to do, show that this boring time in their life is has all this like drama and chaos. Kinda comes off as 
boring for me it was it, it yeah. was for my my two or oh my, my couple <laughs> one like, couple of, like, i'll couple give you a top three <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't saturday school it was you had to come in at like 5 30 in the morning oh my gosh school. And you weren't allowed to read. You had to. You, had you to weren't feed, allowed to read. You had to feed the cattle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you, had, you basically had to sit there and do homework or, or whatever. But they they were both attributed to fuckery. <laughs> the first one was they sold giant pixie sticks that were basically oh, these yes. plastic yep. giant oh, plastic yes. straws. So you could cut the ends off, and it was like a spitball cannon. <laughs> but you had to chew up like half a piece of paper yes. to get the ammunition you needed. <laughs> and when you honked one of those across the room, like and half of your yeah. spit, half of your body liquid, <laughs> there, there was some fine particulates, <laughs> some, some spatter. So I got nailed for that one. <laughs> and then a buddy of mine, he was almost like a weapons master, figured out that <clears throat> at home he could use his dad's drill to take one of the clear plastic pens, remove the ink and the, the ballpoint and the black cap at the top, drill through that, and then you could use rubber bands by stoppering the two tops and bottoms and then use the ink and ballpoint as like the arrow with an eraser sort of jammed <laughs> on the back. What is this MacGyver, this kid? <laughs> fire this shit. So I, I had gotten one of those and I think I nailed some dude in the armpit and <laughs> got caught during like social studies in seventh grade. But high school, I didn't have any, any disciplinary issues. Yeah. It was just too big. You had to really, really mess up. Drew? I, I didn't really have any in high school. Like I was, I mean, no. The only time that I remember going to like the principal's office and getting in real trouble was when I was probably in third grade. Yeah. Like, I, I That's mean, we're all trouble. Starts. <laughs> like the last it was the last straw, apparently, and like a series of, you know, my nonsense and went to the principal and it's since a I, long time coming, Hammer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love to watch you burn. <laughs> They're gonna get you good. You're going to solitary. <laughs> I mean, since, since I went to a, uh, since I went to a, a private school, corporal punishment was like still okay. So I got, I got the paddle. Whoa. You know, he, he, he just drew like, Hallam in the curious <laughs> case of getting called to the principal's office. Oh wow! And so wow. you know, just to, just to make sure that uh, step out of line. That's a paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. <laughs> good. <laughs> that's another paddling. So they they had to wa- they had to have someone watch uh, the principal like you know d- administer the uh, the spankings essentially and you know I mean when I was in I I got him and nothing phased me I was all like okay that kind of stung that was all right and then they made me go out into the main office from his office so I could call my parents and tell them like what happened and what I did and it wasn't until like my mother came on the phone where I was all like. I got sent to the. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be sick. I think I'm gonna be sick. And just like you know, like the, the floodgates happened. But yeah, no, high school, high school. I really didn't get into trouble where like I had to go to detention or I had to go get in any type of like serious trouble. I think I was a little more clever at not getting caught for certain things. Well, <laughs> the Breakfast Club's punishment is for the five of them to just chill in and the- bond. And, and well, bond. they. Yeah, don't talk. Okay, they're supposed I'm, to. They're supposed to write their essays about you know who are you supposed to be. Again, another like a thousand words on like who you're supposed to be. So he wants them to write essentially like you're gonna count all what? those words. He wants to write. He wants them to write like a almost a four page paper. Did you guys have a, a Vernon in your school? In high school, no. In, in in like junior high, we kind of did. He wasn't as bad. Like he tried to be friendly, but we're also kind of like you're the new vice principal. Screw you. 
We had the uh, maybe, I don't know. In high school we had the the volunteer parking attendant who he would sit by the entrance when people are, are driving into school. Because my sister was three years older than me, so freshman year, I would ride with her. And then sophomore year, I got my license and I was driving to school sophomore year. And if you were like just a minute late getting into the parking lot where he knew that the time that would take you to park. And, and, and at this point, you're going to have to park way in the back and walk. That you're going to be tardy, but my advisor was the the baseball coach who our we didn't even have a classroom. We were just in one of the commons that mm. that was one of the big lunch areas. He would he wouldn't give a shit, but he this guy would send to the office a referral saying that like you know I spotted uh, you know this car with this license plate and they were five minutes late. You know, after the first <laughs> bell for for home period, Dad, Dad, I see him! Schnell, schnell, yeah. <laughs> Jack, he's led. Get him! So his name his name was Mister McCormick, <laughs> but he was known <laughs> he was known throughout the school as Corn Dick. Corn Dick, and they're like everyone's like, oh, watch out for Corn Dick because uh, uh, juniors and seniors could leave campus and they could mm. go out during lunch and, right. and just had to be back, but. Freshman and sophomore couldn't, but nobody really enforced that. Yeah, but he except would, big old Mister Corndick. He would he would stop you like like a Soviet or a Nazi, be like, "Papers, please." <laughs> With an iPad, just like yes, Jack. An iPad would have been great. You'd have to show him your school ID that had like your year on it, and he'd report your ass. A fucking wow. Yeah. wow. And then if they suspected that somebody was harboring jazz cabbage or alcohol <laughs> in their car, they would call the police in, and then this. This guy would be like leading the goon squad through the parking lot. Like uh, people are like looking through the classroom, like oh, oh, they got the car. Oh, they're coming inside. <laughs> like the cop, the cops are marching behind him. But it's just the just cops are just bored, and Corndick's like, <laughs> like almost like he hears like jack boots rattling up through the hallway. You know what? As soon as you like mentioned the fact that he had a nickname named Corndick, we had a security guard on campus in high school that. She she didn't have like the nicest of like front teeth, so she was dubbed Snaggletooth. She had some summer teeth. But summer and, like, here, what's summer crazy there. is like she was actually she was like a really diligent and good security guard, but she was so to the point that she was so diligent, like it was just it was a pain to a lot of people. But I mean she did her job, and so I mean she was not a favorite. But if she bit into an apple and set it down and walked away, you would know you know it was her. <laughs> I, I, been I here. suppose so. <laughs> the tooth's around. <laughs> I was always impressed. Be on your guard. Do not let him look at you. (laughs) She will cast a spell on you. I was always impressed because when students would get into fights, like normally security will, you know, try to separate the crowd and then try to get to the kids that are actually like going at it. Oh, she didn't give two shits. She got right in the middle of it. She got decked so hard one day that uh, knocked her teeth straight. No, (laughs) no, she was out cold. She was out cold. One of the kids, like you know, he was throwing a punch, and she got the other kid out of the way and just. Did they and use her front out. teeth to sharpen so their pencils? Oh my god! When you grow up, your heart dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, juicy Pete. So, the cast of this movie obviously is its stronger. As eighties as could be. This is right, and this is their quintessential. They call them the Brat Pack, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the the Charlie Sheen and the, the, uh, Robert Downey Jr. were not. Yes, of course, president. But this is the you know the, the group that uh, man we we rule this uh, time period in these movies. <laughs> John Hughes so, is, is all hell, right? Yes, 
some good, some not so good. The casting? What, yeah. What do you guys think is the good and what do you think is the not so good? Well, I mean, reading with Who some of the... Who uh, doesn't? I mean, okay. I... See? See, it's no, tough. no, no, no. It's What's tough. weird? No, no, no. It, it, it is tough and it is weird because as I was telling Jack earlier, I think it's it's a very different perspective in how we view these movies. Like Jack is coming on it from a different perspective of growing up. I respect and, it. No, no, no. And you Just do. Just now, you do. does right. resonate with Right. No, no, no. I agree. And like for me, after not seeing it for probably like 20 years, it's very, very different for me because like I can see it from the perspective as a teacher. So because I see these. Naturally. I see these stereotypes. I see these, you know, archetypes like every single day. With the cast itself, even though, you know, Alice or Ali Reedy does not, you know, Sheedy? talk. Sheedy? Is it? Sheedy. Sheedy? Did I say Reedy? Sheedy. Yes, you did. Sorry. Sheedy. <laughs> so the character of Allison, I think that she is very. Godspeed. Um, I think she's very <laughs> cookie cutter. And that's not like a bad thing. She's over the top. No, no, a little bit. And I think, but that's also like to her damage a sense as to what she wants the attention for. Now, do you think modern. Modern females that are of her age that are that would look back and watch this movie, how they would feel after Ali Sheedy's character gets the makeover. Because I think that is a, sort of a moment frozen in time where like, look, we've made the ugly duckling See, pretty. That's a Whereas part now I don't, it's sort of like, that's part I don't like. be who you want to be. You don't want to shave your armpits. You don't, don't have to shave your armpits. Don't change for the man. Like, because as soon as like she like changes, that's when Emilio mm. Estevez is like. Right. And it was... <laughs> you know, from six o'clock to midnight, and it was two different. It was two different things. You had, you know, uh, you had, you had Claire Molly Ringwald's character saying, like, you know, you look a lot better with all that black shit not under your eyes, and she gives her the makeover. And as soon as she steps out, you have Andrew Emilio Estevez going. Well, all the guys are like, like, oh, paper. Oh, look at her. Oh, she's not the basket. They got the rid of the dandruff and everything. Oh, smell her. Oh, it's sad. I do agree. Like, it is a sad sense where, like, I mean. Now it's more like, oh my God, look at this, you know. We found this crazy in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> we cleaned her up and now she's ready for market. It's not, it, it's a sad case where like this is the kind of, I guess, like revelation that, you know, they're coming to where it's like, oh, look what was under there the entire time. You know, you've stopped brooding. You've stopped hating the world. You've stopped, you know, sitting there saying like, I hate my life. I hate my parents. You know, they, he even says like, what do they do to you? He's like, they ignore me. I mean, well, now you want attention? Now she's going to get attention, so how is she going to handle that? A basket case passed this way in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) She met someone she did not expect. Do you want to see what's in my bag? (laughs) No. But I I think that that scene really does sort of date the the time period. And for me, um, I think the best casting is Judd as Bender. Yeah. Because they were, they originally were going to give it to John Cusack, which it would have been a different movie. And then they were, they were also looking at Nick Cage, they but they afford, couldn't afford him. Couldn't now, afford him. I would love to have seen it with a Nick young Cage. Nick Cage. Oh, a young yeah. Nick Cage. Oh yeah. What was he doing before that? That was he was. This so would have been really, 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 really early. Because I, I, I think the earliest movie I remember Nick Cage in is Raising Arizona, and then uh, Vampires Kiss. But those were like. I think like but 87, he was, 88, 89. Yeah, he, like I don't, that. I don't know why he would be so expensive that you can't get him, but you can get Molly Ringwald. Like yeah. Molly yeah. Ringwald never did anything for me. But well, she did it for a lot of a lot of other people. She was, <laughs> she was a token <laughs> redhead. That, like, that guys were like, wow. and I, 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 
redheads are very attractive. I but think she, that she, but this particular redhead is just too sort of like pouty and fawny. And but so here's the part. So here's popular. where I will say that I think Molly, she's she's the the best actor or actress in this movie because even though her character is so like one note she does it very well i think emilio estevez is the weakest of all of them because he, he doesn't dep- he's not the typical he doesn't he doesn't have a whole lot of character to like grasp on to he's too sound i'm the jock and i gotta eat all this food well i'm wondering if like his attitude i gotta get my shot if, yeah. if his attitude like as the jock only has to be exhibited when he's around either other jocks or when he's around his coach or when he's around his dad. Like, that's when he has to be this persona of, like, I got to be the best. I got to be an athlete. I got to be this. I got to tape some butt cheeks shut. (laughs) But but when he's around the other people, like, you're right. He's flat. Like, it's it's a one note thing where he you think he's going to go for it, but then immediately it's just sucked back in. It it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And Brian, uh... Hall's character was, was it Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. He's he's sheepish, which he blossoms obviously much later in life uh, in his acting career. But ugh, that, kinda, he mumbles. He's the second weakest. Where I mean, again, you just don't have much to do with him. And oh yeah, he smokes some weed, which I found to be so interesting because like he's supposed to be girls the can't nerd. hold that smoke. The- <laughs> <laughs> the Richard Pryor. See what, they, what it is. <laughs> but I mean, for him to be like the dweeb and the geek where he's supposed to be, you know, doing his homework, he's even trying to say like, you know, guys, we're supposed to be doing our work. That's really kind of what we should be doing here. Blah, blah, blah. It's it's so to me out of character to in a sense where he does get up and he does go smoke weed. I understand how he's desperately trying to be part of the, the group. Like he's wanting to make an effort to impress them so much. Like yeah. when he, you know, when he's telling Bender, like, no, 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 I'm totally not a virgin. Like, you know, you know, silently motioning, like, Claire and I did it. Oh, you and Claire did it. What are you talking about? Uh, nothing, nothing. Let's just drop it, okay? We'll, we'll talk about it later. No, drop what? What are you talking about? Well, Brian's trying to tell me that in addition to the number of girls in the Niagara Falls area, that presently you and he are riding the hobby horse. Oh, pig. No, I'm not. I'm not. John said I was a cheering. I said I wasn't. That's it. That's all. He's, that's all was said. Well, then what were you motioning to Claire for? You know, I didn't appreciate this very much, Brian. He is lying. Oh, you weren't motioning to Claire. You know he's lying, right? Were you or were you not motioning to Claire? Yeah, but it was only. It was only because I didn't want to know I was a virgin. Okay. Excuse me for being a virgin. I'm sorry. And then when he goes and smokes weed, why would you pick somebody in the same room? The first time he said, like, no, 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 uh, she uh, she lives in Canada. I met her at Niagara well, Falls. You wouldn't know her. Then it kind of reminds me of what Cody would have been in high school. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 That's 100 yeah. percent. I think so. I don't think I don't think Cody would have been as um, gallivanting through the rafters. No, I think Cody might if Cody's back was better. I'm sure he would have done that. But. <laughs> I don't think Cody would have been as uh, condescending. I think he would have been very, I mean, kind of goes uh, against what I just said. I think he would have been as uh, patronizing. Do you want another Saturday? Yes. Surely. <laughs> Are you going to be there? <laughs> well, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I, I do enjoy Bender's, you know, kind of like fuck all the, you know, everyone else. Like, I'm going to do what I want kind of attitude where, I mean, he even says, you know, well, why not these socialite clubs? His is a social club. A demented and like lonely one. 
but a social club to him. I mean, he he does try to like bridge the gap between worlds for all of them. But then when it gets too close and personal, he he's, got, he's, pot, got, he's got to set the dynamite. Well, yeah, but I mean, he does belong to a, a bit of a club. The outcast kind of, yeah, like, you know, like the... the I don't give a damn know, about my reputation. Yeah, but it's like, my dad abuses me. So, like, he wears that as, like, his, you know, look at these cigar burns. And that's his sort of... Like, nobody can... <laughs> but, uh, boom! You, you've got to be pretty righteous to be in his crowd. Man. Yeah. You, you got some battle scars, man. I almost I almost wanted, like, the idea of saying, like... I'm an when FBI he- agent, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> When Molly Ringwald is saying, like, you know, blah, 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 your friends, and he says, like, don't you ever, like, talk about my friends. I thought she was just going to come back and say, like, what friends? Like, what friends do you have? Like, no one ever sees you hang out with anybody. Yeah, but his emotion carries enough where she's like, ooh, I touched no. a nerve. Right, right. I mean, the same thing with Emilio Estevez saying when he reenacted his home life, and he's like, that's a lie. I think it's all fake. Yeah, and then and he the- shows the cigar burn, and she immediately says, like, you shouldn't have said that. I would have said the same thing. I would have called him out. Yeah. Because it seemed even Emilio Estevez says he's like he lies about everything. Why wouldn't this be? Why would this be real? In, in, in that era, I don't think self harm was was uh, quite as I don't want to say mainstream as it, as it is. So there's a lot of things that date this this film. the The use of the word fag, yeah, very much of the, of the times. And I when and when, that's going to come said, out. Whoa, that's whoa. going to come out next episode in our kids movie as well. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> we have very adult children in teen movies. <laughs> and back then, I mean, you had things like Smear the Queer. You had these, you know, of the times. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean you know, anything crazy, but now things things are a lot different. Right. I think if they remade or rebooted Breakfast Club, like they would they would be obligated to put in a gay kid. A gay kid. Is Probably an LGBTQ Well I think that I think the aspect kid. of like diversity would definitely be needed and I think it would almost be I mean, not necess- uh, not just needed, but expected. Well, and honestly, it would make for a way more entertaining film. It would. And you would have the, not only uh, or sexual orientation, you would have ethnic diversity. I think you would have, uh, already, you already have the, um, not not just culture, but, um, gosh, what am I trying to say? Social status? Social, yeah, like social status, yeah. like the, the money involved for the families. I mean, you already have that there. I also, I did, one thing I liked, uh, which is not many things, but how... <laughs> <laughs> how Molly and Emilio, they are on the same level in the terms of uh, when, like, yeah, our friends, like, w- you know, and they even kind of like almost for a sec, like uh, Aragon and and uh, Legolas it, Nekadekathia, then I will die as one of them. Like, you know, like, hey, yeah. that was no Orkhorn. <laughs> Like, it's like she's like, hey, you know that like we can't like be seen with them outside of here. And, but not, oh, but I love her. Like, the, I will die as one. And the entire thing, like right at the end, it's totally Legolas and Gimli, where she like passes the earrings in. It's like I can't go in there, you know, and die with these things. How about with a friend? I I, I can do that. Legolas, what do you help I see? The stash is going to Isengard. <laughs> I did. That was a great part because you know that that would have been probably one of the funniest moments. It was like, you got marijuana? How can I? It's in Johnson's underwear. Oh, no, what, if you're, what if your stash was burning? Wait, what if your stash was burning? And that brings me to uh, Paul Gleason, the actor that played Vernon. I think he plays a really standout role. Like, he plays the perfect asshole, but he doesn't 
realize that he's the asshole when he has his like his basement one on one. beer session with the with the wise beyond his years custodian. He starts to when he after he leaves and he gives Bender like you know two months worth <gasps> beer. <laughs> this is Figaro Mountains, Lagerville. Bring it on down to Lagerville. <laughs> It's an Italian style pilsner. This is really good. I'm I'm always impressed when Jack can actually find a beer that I don't mind because I'm not a beer guy. I could slam these very easily. Right? It's got a bit of a sweetness. Pilsners are are, are are pretty you know yeah. easy to go, but this is quite tasty. It's pretty good. Yeah. But when he gives him two months okay. worth of detention, he uh like you know he steps outside and he shuts and the door. My beer. <laughs> <laughs> and he does stop and pause. Like he's like, ah, damn it. That was a bit too much, like too much. Like I went too far, which he doesn't regret later when he throws him in the, you know, in the janitor's closet and he just like threatens to kick his ass. Essentially like, yeah, hit me, which that was one of goes to dig up dirt on him. That's the last time, Bender. That's the last time you ever make me look bad in front of those kids. Do you hear me? I make thirty one thousand dollars a year and I've got a home and I'm not about to throw it away on some punk like you. But someday, man, someday. When you're out of here and you've forgotten all about this place and they've forgotten all about you and you're wrapped up in your own pathetic life, I'm going to be there. That's right. And I'm going to kick the living shit out of you, man. I'm going to knock your dick in the dirt. You threatening me? What are you going to do about it? Right? Is so that, that's a, a lot of that was really cringe for me. I was like, man, a teacher, come on, fight me. Give me a reason. I'm like, yeah, you'll lose your job, bro. Like, don't quit quit while you are ahead. <laughs> you Who wears a, a, a wide lapeled leisure suit <laughs> to, to moderate Saturday school, for Christ's sake? I mean, if Molly Ringwald is in the class, like... <laughs> I don't get the attraction with I Molly don't get Ringwald. the attraction. Ali Sheedy, when she has her makeover? Oh, yeah. Yo, yeah absolutely. See, I find Ali Sheedy very attractive before the makeover. Well, she, cause oh. she's very like emo and goth. <laughs> Maybe you, that was my. Are you the wolf looking no. for the the, the outcast lab? Like it's no. separated from the herd. You know what it is? Pounds. It's kind of like it's kind of like that. I think it's like that semi like goth punk look that I used to be attracted to so much, but like uh, like for. Ever, I don't I think had, you ever lose that. I had an attraction yeah. towards like um, Avril, uh, Avril Lavigne, which Levine. 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 Why do I keep messing up names? Avril Lavigne, <laughs> which honestly, well, like, she's still attractive. Once upon a time in Mexico, you know this movie that was just a that was being. A I know he was. <laughs> <laughs> I stared at you. <laughs> Either way, yeah. but no, I mean the the cringe level of him like looking up you know dirt to have on Bender, threatening him, saying like, "Come on, punch me one punch, one punch," which. I'll be fair, like, I've seen this happen not not two weeks ago, like, on my campus with a teacher where a kid was being so much of a pain, and the kid threatened the teacher, and the teacher, like, got in his face, and he said, swing, one swing, hit me, right here. Why? Because I want you gone. Hit me. Hit me! <laughs> and the flinch, the flinch uh, that Bender I, had. I guess I could see that, where it's just like, ha now, now your whole, but, like, now your whole life is, well, now, I don't even think you can get it, you can't get it expelled now. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, but unless you know like, unless you're like literally you're, a, a terrorist, like well, saying like I got a bomb. Like, no, no, no. I, I can I, I can tell you right now, you can get expelled for I, I, getting hit. I could not imagine for like hitting, hitting, hitting a, teacher? a teacher. Yes, yeah. but I could not imagine. And looking back, I, I, I've witnessed it happen. But but I could not imagine having such ill control over your own emotions that you would allow yourself to get so. Oh, worked so worked up, up like to threaten a kid? Um, yeah. No, 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 no. 
as the kid to just try to bait and get in the teacher's face mm. and be disrespectful. I never really got that. It's no. a little bit of a power trip, I'm sure. It's, but it, yeah. But it, but then again, you understand like this isn't like our generation of like you know teenager and teenagers and high schoolers like there is a level of audacity that they're getting to where they think that they are on like our level and maybe even above and they have they're untouchable and they're not right. They do. And they're not, I mean, right now, like even in our, you know, current, you know, high school district here, or at least at my school, if a kid's going to get in trouble and like sent to the Dean's office, like it's not an immediate suspension. Like kids get suspended, you know, quite a bit, but they do something that where they go to an interventionist and they have to like write out their feelings about the situation, how they feel about it now. And I mean, like one kid had to write about it and like give me the paper because it happened in my classroom. He's like, here, I'm supposed to give you this. And I was like, you don't even care. That like sounds, you're just being forced to do it. That sounds like a good name for a, like a fantasy, like almost like a, a Dresden Files TV show. The Interventionist. <laughs> Coming up on The Interventionist. <laughs> <laughs> she did what? No! <laughs> The announcer's just the, the guy from Unsolved Mysteries, just like... <laughs> Robert Stack? <laughs> yes! <laughs> and today's episode on The Interventionist. <laughs> Two no, pupils. No, star it was, pupils. It was... Um, <laughs> Caught between the crossfire of a... <laughs> it, what, what show yeah, was uh, number one Did he host? It was like... Oh, Trap um, Truth Back was, No, wasn't it... Uh, was it, Rip, back, was it Ripley's Believe It or Not? No. No, no, no. no, no. Was no, it, was it Unsolved Mysteries? No, 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 no. It was like like fact or fiction. I think it might have been fact or fiction. But oh, believe it or not, no, that's Ripley's. Right. Yeah, that's what, what I'm am I doing? <laughs> Sorry, you're on my level. It's okay. Yeah, we're we're gonna smoke some jazz cabbage and we're gonna have, do a, a dance choreography for you now. So yeah, yeah, uh, enjoy that and scream glass to shatter. Yeah. <laughs> the the one thing that John Hughes says he would leave out of the movie is the shattering. It's glass. the one thing he regrets. In the movie itself as a whole. Um, that's the one thing? But yeah, a group of kids smoking dubs in the in the, the goddamn library. He's not going to smell that the next time he walks Across in? the hall? Well, I think he was downstairs having, I mean, I mean, having way, late morning beers at that point. with the, <laughs> even, even downstairs like across custodian. the hall. Because he comes back in and he takes Bender out. And I mean, hell, Emilio Estevez in the, up in the foreign language room. That That is just like hotboxing the entire thing. It's like a fog cloud in there. And is there not? There's structural damage left over from Bender. Shattered glass and the torn shattered books glass and, and the torn falling, books falling. Oh, falling from the. Didn't, remember when he? Oh, oh when yeah, he like went the through the ceiling. Tiles? Yeah. That's just igno- like the janitor's not going to come in and be like, "Oh, well, I have to report this." Well, that these you, five kids were left unattended, when, and now there's structural damage that the the city's not going to pay for this. Vernon goes back into the janitor's closet, and he doesn't doesn't realize that. Things are stacked up for an escape yes. route. I mean, it's very, you know, Ocean's Eleven, right? But I mean, people are not Danny, paying attention. Danny, uh, <laughs> people are not paying attention to what they should be. That's a trigger word for Jack, the, by, by the way. The, uh, Everyone on, on Twitter, Ocean's Eleven. That's uh, his trigger word. That's what gets him. <laughs> he loves it. There's so many stars. <laughs> oh, that's so clever. You, you won't, you won't let me deal the cards. Might as well call it White Jack. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the best of them all. I love. What's the other movie with Will Smith that you absolutely love? After Earth? No, no, no. The oh. one where he's a con man. Oh, focus. Oh. <laughs> oh. Ah. If anybody wants to get on their own <laughs> Patreon. Yeah, folks. <laughs> well, or it's my last it's episode. Probably would have. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Probably one of Drew's favorite Not movies. Kidding. Hitch. 
you like that movie, don't you? It's got Kevin James. It's you got love, Kevin oh, James. You love Kevin James. I, I, it's I, got the Blart. You're supposed I to go There's an underdog. 90-10. Here's the thing. I do. I like Hitch hold to on, an extent. There you go. Right, well, we do more of a... Screw both of you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm dances. not an overly like uh, big fan of Hitch. I don't. I don't enjoy Will Smith in the role. I don't enjoy Will Smith in it. Kevin James having like you know a bit of his like you know body language comedy like that's always good for a, a, a smile or a you know a guffaw. But overall, the movie's okay. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Emilio oh, Estevez, his emotionally sad story. About, you know, expectations. And I could send me so well fed. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I hate couldn't you, Dad. I could not get behind it. Well, apparently that entire like, you know. Please tell me that's all ad lib. It's all ad lib. Okay. Every single one of that was ad lib. Which you eventually find out that everyone there had a purpose for being there. Like a, a punishment in some way. Except for Allie, where, or Allison, she said that, you know, she had nothing better to do. So I don't think you ever truly find out why she's there. Because she could just be lying again because she's a compulsive liar. How cool would this movie have been if they had a murder on the Orient Express type feel <laughs> of not the murder. I'm talking about like where everything kind of like connects where like this is why you're here. And this is why you're here. Wait, but that's why I'm here. And where did he get the tape for the butt cheeks? Yes! From him! <laughs> and they all figure it out. And why did no one know about the taping? Because the fire in the locker was happening. She was driven mad by her chronic dandruff. And <laughs> it, oh, God. Her Parmesan cheese. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a bit nutty. It's a bit But having a little bit more purpose besides, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. The the excuses were kind of lame. Like for why why they got the detention? Yeah. Oh. No, I agree. I want it. Not that I want to like promote like the idea of, of this movie? you know, mental. <laughs> 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 not that I want to like promote the idea of like, you know, mental instability and depression and like I mean definitely definitely always promote like suicide awareness. When Brian is saying that he brought a gun to school and everyone is like Oh my gosh! Like, and that gonna, was very before. Ooh, stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, for him to say like, I brought a gun to school. Like, he gave me an F on the elephant lamp. I couldn't handle it. it I mean, it was it was gonna ruin my grade. And I'm thinking like, is he gonna like kill the teacher and then kill himself? And then he said that the flare gun. It was a flare gun, and the flare gun went off in the locker. And thank God it melted the elephant lamp, so there was no evidence of his F. And I was thinking like, not that the okay, not again, not the idea that I want like a teen suicide, but it was almost like a letdown almost of ease. Like, thank God it wasn't a gun and he wasn't really going to kill himself. But what the hell was he going to do with a flare gun? But I don't think John Hughes could have looked into this the, brighten up my day. Into the no, future no, wait, wait, and no. really seen the... No, of course w- not. ...what dreams may come, so yeah, to speak. That, no, I, I agree. A, a if, it were, if it were definitely remade today, you would probably have someone maybe bring in the idea of a real gun like he was going to take revenge. I think that would definitely make How be, edgy would that be? I think it'd be not even edgy. I think it'd be honest. Well, I think it'd be very honest for today. Honest, but I mean, that the audience can choose right then and there to either accept this character or then vilify this character as like, yeah, you are the problem with society, you know, or the, just having almost like a, a poster child of someone oh, yeah. to hate. Yeah. And because I th- so much of this is happening. Ooh. 
I think if this movie was made today, Bender's character would have been sort of like the, you know, like, oh, he would have been the sort of the school shooter. Not over the course of the movie, but it would come out during their their talks. I think think Brian would have been. Really? I think Brian maybe would have like cracked under the pressure of not one, always having to be the best, never having any friends, or or at least, you know. Because Brian's incel. You guys never heard that? No. Incel? It's, it's, it's like unintentionally celibate. It's like the Santa Barbara shooter was incel where they have these very... Like a manifesto and stuff. And well, they, but they, they sort of, they hate society and They hate and men who get laid and they hate women because they're not whores with them. Like, oh, okay. Okay. But they're gotcha. not whores with them. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. I mean... Checks I mean, all the boxes. Okay. I can, I can see that. I mean, especially where when he's asking him, like, you know, when we leave here and we come back on Monday, like, are we all going to be friends? Like, will you even say hi to me in the hall? I love that they're like, no. Well, I mean, I think (laughs) that's honest, though. No, it's very honest. And I think it's even brutally so to the point where, like, it's his worst fear. Like, this is probably the greatest moment of bonding that he has had. And it's this is the one thing that I do really like about the movie is that it's it's taking the, the stereotypical roles and cliches and archetypes that different kids are going to associate with and identify in their teens in high school. Like, because high school is like truly important. The movie itself casts aside all of those archetypes and just shows everybody like, wow, holy shit, like we're all human. And yeah. that's really what it is. And I mean, they're all fish out of water and they, right. they become a school. Oh, well done. You should have writ- wrote the uh, little tagline for that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> little girl fish out of water. But this breakfast club ain't about French toast. <laughs> there Locks and bit. No, there were supposedly like scenes with the janitor, more of them, that there, uh, rumor has it that there is an actual director's cut that is like two and a half hours long. Oh wow! Let's Where there's up like that so many gold mine. But the janitor. Forget about me. Forget about me. But the janitor had a a bigger role. Like you know, after they do the whole like kind of mocking, like how does one become a custodian? He kind of like lays things down where he tells him like, oh yeah, you can find uh, Bender. Uh, later on, but he's going to be in the ground because he killed himself. Like he he lays out like all these truths about them. Like you know, like Molly, like you're going to get married, but you know what? You're going to get fat after having those kids. Brian, he's going to be super successful, but he's going to die of a heart attack because of stress. But first, Molly, I'm going to finger bang you in the supply room. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that happens. Don't look at me like I'm making it up. <laughs> I'm looking at you too. <laughs> How was your detention? I got finger blasted. This <laughs> <laughs> But it's technically not right because uh, I paid him. Like <laughs> you did the tit stick move, didn't you? <laughs> you put the lipstick right. There. Why is that impressive? Like why is that like a skill that's like meant to be all like? Oh no, it's embarrassing. I can't do it. Where'd you learn that? Summer camp. Everything <laughs> happens at summer I'm camp. Because I'm so popular. Yeah. <laughs> the school would probably shut down if you weren't even here. <laughs> and then, so it comes to the ending of them. Oh. The, <laughs> The fist raised of, uh, or the, is it, is he doing the rock and roll symbol? He's, he's, I think it's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, we did it. I mean, it's just, it's just a fist, it's just a fist pump. One in the Saturday air. of many. <laughs> I hope well, see you next week, one Saturday, one Saturday of many for Bender. Yeah, well, which maybe even, I mean. I'm surprised they didn't do a uh, sequel to this. Uh, well, there, uh, John Hughes wanted a sequel. Of course he did. Yeah, but he wanted his, like, 
10 years in the future, I wanted a sequel where like Next every Saturday. day it's another Saturday and Bender and Vernon and the custodian are the only reoccurring constants and it's always like a new cast of characters. I think that it's interesting where at and the Bender's very just end. constantly hooking up with Chick. He's like, he's like <laughs> yeah, 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 I hooked up with the, the prom queen. I hooked up with every Saturday. New yeah, cast. Like the second good. one, you know, he's all like, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm glad podcasting is not a visual medium. So I don't even know where to go from that. <laughs> the wrestler gets with she will not forget about him. The wrestler gets with the uh, the now reformed pretty girl because now she has her hair out of her uh, her eyes. Well, now she has someone to pay attention to her, and yeah, now she has a reason to. I and now see he has a- you, <laughs> Ali Sheedy. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's a reason to wrestle. <laughs> Someone <laughs> took your dandruff away. <laughs> Still not going to eat your lunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, lunch the pixie stick and uh, Captain, Crunch. Captain Crunch sandwich. Mm-hmm. There goes those teeth. How pretentious was the sushi? How did it stay fresh? Not only how They were there it? for like at least Who a couple of hours. Who prepared the sushi? So, I'm sure that they, they had they, someone. They did not have gas station or grocery store sushi back then. No, maybe it was purchased She's... that morning or the night before. Did she stop by her sensei? But she had a bag full of sushi with soy- a soy sauce dispenser. <laughs> she, uh, she comes prepared. What's that? Sushi. Sushi? <laughs> Rice, uh, rockfish, and seaweed. You won't accept a guy's tongue in your mouth and you're going to eat that? Can I eat? I don't know. Give it a try. I'm sure all that was just disposable to her, too. Like, oh, yeah. This little I stand. That was, that was tailor made to show, like, how, how, uh, high up culture. Yeah, well, you know, how, how well off and, and elite they were. Like, well, I mean, even, even her response where he's like, what is that? And she was all like, it's sushi. Like that look of like, the fuck do you think it is? <laughs> but also, she acts like she's very cultured, but at the same time, doesn't I feel like know much about other people outside of you know the elite? Right. I think I think the only thing that she ever really has to go off on is the persona that people see her as. So as long as she keeps up, you know, the glitter and the lights, no one actually has to see you know how you know Sarah Plain and tall she is. I actually really kind of would not mind a reboot of this. And I don't ever want reboots. I never want... Well, John Hughes is dead. And uh, he hated... (laughs) He hated Judd Nelson so much that he... That's why they didn't do it. He almost fired him because off stage... He was method acting on... on, Yeah. uh, He was still kind of like messing with uh, Molly Ringwald off stage. I'm going to cut you off off this movie well good i'll do it i'll cut your scene i hope you do there goes a scene and there's another scene (laughs) that's half the script do you want another (laughs) yes segments so drew what segments do we feel segments do we have all right so for our segments the first one is jack has his phone out that's that's the sushi and (laughs) all of us with our paper (laughs) our sack lunches mine was on paper but i printed it it's It's a smartphone smartphone. (laughs) (laughs) apple so the uh the first one is all right girls that's 30 minutes for lunch what is the strangest or most memorable thing that you remember someone bringing for lunch? And what's the strangest thing that you've ever seen someone create with their lunch items that they had on hand? 
I'll go first because Jack's getting getting Jack's himself getting a bit, another beer. Getting a beer. Mine. Uh, the uh, what we the strangest and most memorable thing that uh, we had for us bringing for lunch. The fire crew. One time, uh, we all decided that we would bring a Mexican fiesta up to the fire with us. So everyone carried, it was almost like stone soup. Everyone just brought a different item <laughs> and we just laid it all out. And after after we, you know, fought a little bit of fire, did our thing. For lunchtime, we stepped off the line and used some of the natural fire to uh, <laughs> cook some carne asada. And we had tacos and just a, a delightful array of, of food. And I carried avocados. Mm. So it was it, it was a very just memorable time of everyone kind of bringing you know many hands make light work everyone bringing up marinated meats or drinks and we had a good time while getting dirty did you ever see anyone like make anything strange or odd so oh i, I you want to go first on that one too yeah oh uh, yeah do a double shot bam, okay. bam, so bam. so we had a thing that we called question corporate america and at the end of our meal whenever we went to a diner or uh, a restaurant we would take anything within you could only use within arm's reach <laughs> and you would take the leftover of your meal and anything in arm's reach to create something that the busboy or the waiter would stop and question corporate america <laughs> i know you guys laughing you're like what the hell but it was a lot of fun so we, you would take ketchup and like maybe write something like you know like pain and then and then you would like you know just stack up sugar packets on anything anything and everything that was in arm's reach and that was your your canvas to work with on your plate so they could just pick it up and be like what the hell is this (laughs) poor busboy i I thought he was in like a saw movie i'm just questioning corporate america now so that was our. That's what we okay. created with our our lunch, our used lunch items. So. Right. so the the strangest or most memorable thing was middle school. Both of these are middle school, and uh, there was a kid who would beg, barter, or somehow during the first few periods during morning give away his lunch and try to eat all of the same thing, but it would be different. So he would try, he would give away his lunch in exchange for different bags of chips. And he would eat like three or four of like the snack size bag of chips for lunch. He would give away all of his other stuff if he had a PB&J and get two more PB&Js from somebody. <laughs> and he would eat three PB&J sandwiches. I love this kid. Or wow. he, would, he would have a pudding cup and he would give his stuff away and he would then be eating nothing but pudding cups for lunch. <laughs> I want to watch a movie and about this love, kid. <laughs> and for the love of God, I can't remember his name, but I always remember him saying that once he had like a taste or a texture, like he didn't want to swap it out. And I want to know where in life he, he is. <laughs> and if he is still has like the same weird food focus where watch he's like a food critic or yeah or, or like what was his home life like we're we're having stew and mashed potatoes okay and he has like three bowls of mashed potatoes <laughs> or like he picks all the nope. carrots out of the stew <laughs> like where is this kid going the um strange creation was me 
Ooh. So, okay. seventh and eighth grade middle school, we had the school had a deal with a local Taco Bell, and it's not a menu item that's offered anymore. I think you can only get it at like certain independent franchise stores. It was a chili cheese burrito. Yes. Also known as a chilito, which uh, I think I've spoken about this before. Uh, and and it wasn't until I moved to California that I learned that chilito is a euphemism for something much different. <laughs> it's some form of Elvish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but they would have chili cheese burritos and they were like a buck but they would be like an hour old because they'd make them in the store and they bring them in like an insulated container so by the time you got them they'd be like sweaty and the way they packed them and brought them over <laughs> all the cheese would have congealed down to one end so if you tried to go at the burrito from the cheese end you'd just be covered in chili so you'd have to eat the chili part first and I would buy maybe two or three and I would save the congealed cheese ends until I had two or three congealed cheese ends that i would sort of form into a puck and i had saved my taco sauce for and that was like my delicacy (laughs) where i would just eat these these congealed balls of cheese wrapped in sweaty tortilla with fire sauce and just being like wrapped just pleasure eating this it's a it is a miracle that i didn't spend my formative years on the toilet constipated and this also feeds that if if i'm going to splurge on fast food it's taco bell it's taco bell this, I can just <laughs> to this day. I just picture Jack as the Timon of the school. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the little green ones. Like, just, like, oh, Chilito. Horse <laughs> oh, the little cheese ones. <laughs> the congealed oh, cheese is part- <laughs> The congealed cheese is particular and nice. congealed cheese. <laughs> Salted ball. <Yeah. laughs> True. Uh, so probably one of the most memorable things was in, in high school. I had a, a friend, her name is Didi, and her mother, uh, she, was, she was Vietnamese. Her mom cooked up a storm like all the time. Like we would always go over, you know, to her house with our group of friends and she would just be all like, oh, your friends are here. Let me make you a snack. And of course, like a snack is like filling the dinner table with just like accoutrements and everything. So she would always bring like just the delicious like Vietnamese food, like, you know, pot stickers and spring rolls. And you're just like, oh my God, this is just, this is gorgeous. The strangest thing that I distinctly remember from middle school, a girl named Justine would take her normal carton of milk. She would then open it up wide enough to spoon in the chocolate pudding from her lunch tray, close it, That's and then genius. shake it up. That is genius. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, my immediately thought is like, what are you doing? That's so gross. But then I tried it once, of course, and I was like, oh, it's still chocolate milk. There's just like, of the gods. There's just like, you know, with, with the occasional like, you know, glug, you would get like a lump of chocolate pudding. <laughs> But there'd be like the the pudding stuck down the bottom that would slide out of the carton like a wet wig into her mouth at the end. (laughs) Tapping it like a cup of noodles. Like, come on! But as a kid, I watched it. I watched her do that. Like, I was like, what the heck is she doing? So I I always found that strange. She's a smart cookie. She was a smart cookie. (laughs) Carla was the prom queen. (laughs) Godspeed. Godspeed. What's the next one? So our next segment is, are we all going to become our parents? Was this a genuine fear of yours as a kid or as a uh, teenager? And now that you're older, do you feel that you've become like your parents? And is this uh, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Drew, what do you start? Where do you start? Sure. Uh, so I can honestly say that it was never really like a fear of mine to 
sense that I was going to become like my parents. Uh, because I think ever since I was a kid, I always knew that I was definitely a little bit more like my dad. And now that I am older, I am, there's no arguing. I am 100% my father's son, and I am definitely like him. Like, he is very much a people person. He's animated. I'm a people person. I'm animated. He will 100% take care of people as opposed to taking care of himself, which I do all the time. And yeah, like, I am my father's son. Like, I always, he, he does like such random acts of kindness, especially for friends and for family. Like, he'll go to funerals for like, the aunt of he'll, a student. Oh, funeral crash? No, no not like funeral crash, but like he'll go to the funeral of like the aunt of a student that he had like 20 years ago. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to show my respects like for her. So I mean, like he'll just do random things. And I always question like, why do you do that? Like, why are you doing this? Which I mean, just like the other week, like I saw that my TA was drawing and he, he loves doing art. What, what's the next thing I do? I go on Amazon and I buy him a sketch pad and like art pencils. Where are you going tonight, Frank? You going, <laughs> you going somewhere exotic? You going somewhere exotic? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, though. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it can definitely take over some uh, some parts where maybe it should be held back, like me taking care of and looking after people more than myself. I, should, I think I should reel that back a little and take, you know, a little more care of myself. But in, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Good to I, recognize I don't, that. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't regret that at all. So, there's a running joke in my family. Um, <laughs> and it, it, we used to make fun of my mother for this because she would, she always had perfect recall of what was in the pantry. So, she'd be making dinner <laughs> and she'd realize that we needed some sort of veg or she'd be making grilled cheese and she'd say, oh, well, I'll do you know tomato soup and she'd like oh go grab it or she'd grab it out and the tomato soup or the can of green beans or whatever would be like three years expired (laughs) 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 and and my sister um when she had moved back to ohio she had cleaned out my mom's pantry and it was just like half of it was like just expired across the board and then anna when she moved in she cleaned out my pantry and it was just like soups and green beans and all this other crap just just expired and then my sister sent a text message picture to the group text that I have with my mom and my sister. And it was just my sister's hand curled around a green giant thing of green beans that expired in 2016 going, I've become one of you. <laughs> I'm a monster. But I, I think it's because that my mother and, and our family always cooked with fresh ingredients. So we never really used canned food unless it was for a specific recipe or just for pure expediency. But that's always the joke, like, you know, don't look in the pantry. <laughs> it's like, if you look in the pantry, check the expiration date first. <laughs> uh, do you think it's a bad thing? No. No, I don't. And um, did you did you think that you were going to be like your mom? I mean, because of my dad, I, I never really knew that. Mm, yeah. Uh, I never got that benefit. Uh, but I see a lot of myself, my mom, and I think my sister does too. It's it's okay. I don't. I never had any fear about that. Right. But I think you know I always had a very good relationship with my mom. Uh, so that was never sort of like oh, I hope we don't turn out like her. I'm I'm happy whatever traits I share with her. It it, it really does make me happy. I just realized if the, if the three of us were a Breakfast Club, we would be the most boring movie. <laughs> <laughs> People would be like. So you guys are all three like the same. Like, there's nothing. I don't know. One of us would have dice in the backpack. We'd yeah, be, we'd be playing like a scrap game of D and D. Someone would have twelve magic cards. And we'd somehow try and make it into a game. Where, uh, so our breakfast club would just be titled LFG. Yeah, that's like, all we're looking for. Group. <laughs> um, obviously, 
I I think very highly of my parents. Um, and I I grew up when I was in like middle school and stuff. I was super embarrassed to be around them. Like I wouldn't walk on the same side of the the mall. Like walkway i was like no please walk over there i don't want someone to see me <laughs> with you and now it, it's just they're they're awesome and i i'm so great i i now know what i have hmm. um i have two parents that love and care for me and would just support me are goofy with me can i can relate to i can talk to and have always uh, been exactly what I needed, even when I didn't know that's what I needed. And so it, I take up a lot after my dad, as you guys probably saw from the uh, the wedding, uh, his speech. That's something that I would do uh, for, for you know for my boys. I I would not embarrass. I, I wasn't embarrassed. I absolutely relished it. I loved it. I was like, keep going. I like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. I have very much become like them. Just I feel I hope half of what they are, and so and I I don't think that it's a bad thing at all. I think that they are awesome people, and in a world where I don't think that we have some some of the qualities, they they become a little bit more dated. I hope that I got some of it. End scene. End scene. Yeah, sorry, that was my teen drama right there. That was my. Uh... <laughs> uh, the, the thing that the only thing we really butt heads over was my mom would always buy me like you know during like third you know elementary school she always buy me like the latest you know like the hot fashions like the you know this is what boys are wearing you know at gap you know this is what the mannequins got on and there are pictures looking back where i look ridiculous <laughs> like like blue pastel shorts and like these pastel pattern shirts uh until i got into sixth grade and i was like i was like no no more pastels solid colors only no pastels and then like <laughs> i think i wore the same green hooded sweatshirt for like two weeks in a row where people at school started remarking upon like you've been wearing that for like two weeks. <laughs> and i had this like this closet full of like you know clothes that my mom had bought and <laughs> It's sort of like, I've got all these nice clothes, but I want to wear this garbage. Like, <laughs> you bought me a vest. I'm not wearing that. I don't care how cold it is. <laughs> what a well, You're really tall and big. No one's going to make fun of you. No. <laughs> yeah. Last segment. A brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. So normally in high school, teenagers will associate with a particular uh, clique or a group. What was yours? I was very much. I don't give a damn. No, uh, <laughs> I, I was the pop punk emo group that dabbled, obviously very heavily in the geek squad of D and D and stuff. Slightly in agriculture, but ag kids were a lot of most of the time very uh, into baseball and like sports, and that was kind of their their outlet of like yeah like i'm a farmer you know but i like to play baseball i America. got two first today <laughs> uh. Uh, and i got a, and i got a steer that i gotta go wash after you know practice so i didn't fall necessarily into that category but music was my passion i love playing music love going to shows so that was uh as related to the five i guess i would call myself the bas- basket case mm. Green day basket case get it no okay anyways 
yeah. Save me. I'm drowning. It was uh, it was double-edged. Uh, so the first two years was very dorky. And I had touched on laser tag uh, last <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, but uh, especially... What was, it? What was it Yoda's Wrath or something? Yoda's Wrath. Yes! Uh, and then sophomore year, I had my 1992 Saturn SLT Seafoam Green. Green. Five speed. Uh, and we would either the the two big hot spots was the outback at the one strip ball there was always crowds of people waiting outside for tables because apparently outback in the late 90s early 2000s was the hip place to be or of the course. outside of the theater the movie theater people dropping their kids off picking their kids up i would drive at high speed past this with my friends hanging their asses out the window <laughs> slapping their butt cheeks while i'm honking the horn like that's how we got our kicks on a friday or saturday night in school i always had a book in my backpack not not a school assignment but i think in high school i read dune and lord of the rings and uh, i started uh, robert jordan's wheel of time and i started uh, george R. R. martin's game of thrones so if there was that five or ten minutes at the end of class instead of playing grab ass with my friends i would pop that open and read that or one of the star wars expanded galaxy books <laughs> and then once junior year hit the jazz cabbage came along <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, we would leave during lunch and we would go get get uh, burnt at uh, either my house or one of my friend's house and come back for afternoon classes, just sort of high as kites. But we were all clean cut Midwestern white boys where the only hint or inkling that something uh, was afoot was the odd hemp bracelet or the occasional fish t-shirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but my high school was so big, there were like 2,000 students. Wow. Uh, so, and, you know, there were two lunches. You either got fifth period or sixth period lunch. And so there wasn't really that clickiness. You just, you had your friends and it wasn't like, you know, like the Goths are fighting the cheerleaders. Yeah. It, just, it, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Real quick before, Drew, before you go, when you reminded us of, of your laser tag experience, I had a small little. Red uh, team go. Red team go. A little, a little <laughs> scene play out in my head where one of your buddies goes, you, you did this, Jack. You, you killed us. You led us over here. And then you just going, how much more sacrifice? How much more blood? And then running out and shooting your laser gun. Oh, just. A little yeah. Poseidon adventure of Jack and, and laser tag. <laughs> I always had the the uh, one of the end scenes from Platoon. When Charlie Sheen's <laughs> taking off the helicopter. The one guy's got like you know like his bayonet out and he he crosses his M16 across the chest. He's like oh oh. It's like when your one buddy had Jeez. run out of laser tag money and his parents are picking him up and you're all about to file back into the the room to suit up for another game. Like I will remember you. <laughs> we were brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, Drew. Sorry. Uh, I mean, so for me in high school, especially, I would I would definitely say kind of sprouting towards the end of sophomore year. Like I, w I was very much like a social butterfly. Like I mean, I would just kind of peruse around because for me it was just all like, hey, it's friends. Like it doesn't matter like who or what you belong to. Like I have friends. I'm gonna go say hi to my friends. I'm gonna hang out. Like and I would kind of like during lunch I would just like hop between groups <laughs> and just go say hi. But um, I mean. In the end, when it kind of came down to, like, who I would kind of call my own, it would definitely be the gamers and uh, the drama kids, which even, like, to this day, I would still say uh, that gamers and people in theater are probably some of the most accepting of anyone, really. So, I don't know. I find it very comforting. It's, and uh, it's become 
so much more mainstream. Very much so. When a, I remember when a you jock, got that behind lock and key. <laughs> when, when, when I remember hearing about one of my nephews telling me about one of the more jock type kids telling me, you know, oh yeah, you didn't know how to tame a horse in Minecraft. Like, why would the jock want to know how to tame a horse in Minecraft? <laughs> I don't know, because we play. You play with him? Like, yeah. What? He doesn't beat you up? Like, what, what is going on? What, what world am I where a jock is like, hey, man, uh, so how do I make the villagers breed? Like, like, <laughs> you know, like asking gaming questions, but now they're like, hey, man, let's play some Call of Duty. Let's play Madden, you know, and it's, it's all good. Yeah. Theater, maybe not as in... Except it's like, hey, uh, do you guys do Hamilton? Maybe. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, Drew, this was your movie. What would you rate it? You know, honestly, I would probably give this movie a strong four out of five. Truly. Like, I would. I mean, I think that is... uh, Nathan? I think it's an honest one. Yeah. Okay. If I was Bender, (laughs) and I amassed a plethora of... Of Saturday detentions, <laughs> a plethora of couple uh, out of the many, many. What is a plethora? <laughs> we'll say out of fifteen. <laughs> I would show up for the one that I just showed up for, and I met Molly Ringwald, and we kissed. And I would show up for one more Saturday to see if she maybe had to come back, and then I would not come back. So I, <laughs> two so out of two 15. out of fifteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I was not a fan of this movie. The second watch was quite the struggle. Maybe because it was just I knew that nothing was nothing was going to like come out of the shadows, nothing was going to blow my mind. It was just a very it's a very straightforward movie. I give it the respect I I hope that it I, I feel that it deserves of it being yeah. the a very, very iconic movie to people that have never even watched it know about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, Breakfast Club. Blah. Yeah. It's totally, yeah. Race Fist. Okay. But I did not relate to this movie. And I don't. I will not be returning anytime <laughs> soon. And that's and that's fine. You don't have to. I, I think a strong vote for me is coming from definitely seeing it from a very different perspective. Like as an educator. Like I, again, like I said, like I see these things day in and day out. So I think that may be like a stronger vote for me i would give this movie half of the full <laughs> ruckus okay because there was a ruckus out there but i'm only gonna give it half you know if you talk to me 20 years ago be like oh yeah you know i really identify with like the plight of these high school middle class high school kids <laughs> now it's sort of like Meh. you know sort of except for bender sort of get over yourself eat your sushi get some pert plus and maybe don't <laughs> i loved it maybe don't tape people's butt cheeks together and um the humiliation just, yeah but but as somebody in their middle age it, it just doesn't it doesn't resonate with me anymore hmm. it, but it did at one time and i i do recognize that so it's it's half of a full ruckus hmm uh, Drew, where can uh, people find us on the uh, social medias and the, the interwebs? Well, people can always find us on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram for Real Feels Podcast. You can always send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. But more importantly, 
You guys can go out there, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, even on, you know, Podbean. You can find us really on any podcatcher out there. But more important than the reviews, guys, we got ourselves a Patreon. And we don't want you to forget about that. No. I think the five stars are pretty important. Yeah. The yeah. five stars, I, the five like stars it. are important. Have you ever given another podcast five stars? <laughs> Drew says you gave them five stars. I did not. <laughs> But our Patreon exclusive for Breakfast Club is called Basement Beers. Uh, during <laughs> yeah, the middle of the movie. I like this already. I'm signing up. <laughs> during the middle of the movie, when the principal is trying to dig up dirt on the detention students, he ends up having beers with the janitor. If you work an offbeat job during abnormal hours that leave you alone for $200 a month, I'll bring over a six pack of your choice and shoot the shit with you. For an extra $50, and this is a shout back to the last episode, we'll throw in Drew dressed in his prison guard costume to come in and tell you to <laughs> knock it off and get back to work. <laughs> oh, the callbacks are real. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're a good sport, Drew. You're a good sport. Don't mess with the bull, Drew. You'll get the horns. <laughs> get the horns. <laughs> I'm just going to show up one day at your house, Nathan. <laughs> right, right There's as, a man in the bushes. <laughs> right, in as, right as you're taking a shower. And I'll be in the uniform and I'm making sure that you're drinking your Nathan shower water. <laughs> it's always at the end. <laughs> you got to be standing by by the water main and time it so when Nathan hits the shower and it starts to drain, that's when you cut the water off. But so no, so there's he no reaches dribble. down for a shower sip and it, it's like a... No, there was time. There was time. There was all the time of the world. <laughs> I have to. This was my superstition. How is, ah! Honey Nathan, how was your day today? It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it started off. I got no shower water this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This has been a callback episode, baby. Oh, we, we gather these inside jokes in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in two weeks, we've got a uh, kids movie coming. Kids up. movie, my choice. Quite I, delightful. Nathan, I know hasn't seen it, and I'm looking forward to your opinion. I feel bad. I am I, too. I feel like I, I'm the one that's like, oh, Nathan hasn't seen any of these movies, but I, I have got to. Par- Show some of some of my movies. I don't think I'd ever seen Poseidon Adventure all the way through. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll say in in about you know two years times you you brought two new movies to my uh, to my viewing. Little Point Break. Yeah. yeah. Then you guys like uh, Clockwork Hot Orange. I speculumed me to uh, to um, High Spirits. Gunkata. Oh, oh Equilibrium. Equilibrium oh, <laughs> yeah. two. And I will not have you slander Steve Gutenberg's. Good name and high spirits, especially with Jennifer Tilly. Oh, Jack. Never slander oh, Steve Gutenberg. Oh, <laughs> What's your name? Happened to be Don Channel. Shite Hux McGoldrick. Brother Tony. <laughs> oh, makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever feeling frisky, I uh, implore you go back, listen to some of our episodes. We've had a lot of fun over the years, and you'll uh, understand why we're laughing so hard. Yeah, catch up on all these uh, inside jokes. And if you have inside jokes with us, or would like to make inside jokes, reach us on Twitter, on our email, Facebook, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, I am at Nato Rar uh, on Twitter. I am just real feels G I U S T real feels. And uh, I just, I run the uh, 
the actual Twitter for the uh, podcast. So if you're ever talking to anybody on the Real Feels uh, Twitter, that's me. And if the Real Feels Twitter ever says what movie they're watching, those are Drew's picks. I've stopped doing those that. Those are not our picks. <laughs> <laughs> I've stopped doing that. Paul Blart 4. <laughs> <laughs> Electric <Okay>. Bangalore. <laughs> Oh, crazy. Uh, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? Yeah. So, <laughs> in in, uh, in two weeks' time, kids' movie. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us for our teen drama genre. And we'll uh, we'll all catch you uh, at the next time for detention. <laughs> You're the realist. And the feelist. And if I come back in here, I'm cracking skulls. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> Bye.